welcome to the Little Bird Podcast. My name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me, as always, the lovely and talented CEO, founder, and mama bird of Little Bird Marketing, Priscilla McKinney. Good morning. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm good. How's Dan Ledbetter? Dan Ledbetter is doing fine this morning, actually. Uh, I've got my coffee. I've already had about a cup and a half. You know, the caffeine is well on its way to waking me up and making me a human being. I hope it, like, charged you with super great ideas this morning. Yes, you wouldn't. They're just pouring out of my ears. Okay. Let's, let's just <laughs> get something by all means. Grab a bucket. exactly. Get a cup or one of those uh, hats that has the uh, cups on either side or something like no, that. No, be optimistic. Get a bucket. Oh, there you go. Okay, I'll get a bucket. Good a thing. lot of people have asked me to put a bucket on my head, so <laughs> so that's well, kind so of awkward. Well, you have one handy. <laughs> I do, as a matter of fact. So, Priscilla, I was sitting here thinking about your company, and uh, there were just a, a ton of questions I wanted to ask about the history, where you came from, how you came to be, and all this. And I know we talked a little bit about it, but I think I, w I wanted to uh, peel back some more of the onion skin and just really get down to the bare bones of how the company started and where you came from and, and that. Would you be okay with that? Yeah, the Little Bird marketing is really started at a different time. I, let, let's kind of tackle a little bit of the, the changeover, the shift from my previous name, which was Grow Marketing. And one day we turned into Little Bird Marketing. It was a very crazy time. <laughs> to say the least. So what's crazy about it is that if we go down that path, it is going to be a very interesting show. It'll be heart-wrenching. You might cry, Dan really? Ledbetter. You uh, might. <laughs> I, should I get to, I'll, I might have to add some of that uh, sappy violin music oh while my you're gosh. telling the story. Oh well, I cried. Let's put, let's leave it there. <laughs> yes. The interesting thing about it I, is that it was such a pivotal time in our company but it's funny to me because we don't talk about it very much, and that's that's a little bit odd. I think some of those massive things that happen to change your business, change your trajectory, it's funny how you know they just become a part of the history and you, you just move on. I also think about it in terms of parenting. Some of the hardest things that I've been through have obviously made me who I am today. I think we all can say that. There's this idea of, oh, my gosh, that that disaster i you know i don't know who i would be without that because it birthed such uh true and authentic actions and yet as a parent i am trying to protect my kids from any of those things happening to them right. <laughs> and i find it just such a dichotomy you know why not really see those crazy moments for what they are and and go back so i, I would love to talk about that those were those were hard times for me but um very clarifying times and we could go down this this story and it will become our ultimate niche broadcast so here's kind of how i see it if you wow. have just recently in the last three weeks had your town hit by a f5 tornado that was a mile long 13 miles uh the other way <laughs> and basically took out about 30% of your town. Good Lord. And then three weeks later, you arrived to your offices to watch them burn to the ground. Then I have some tips for you. Good heavens. This sounds like a Michael <laughs> Bay film. Oh. Are there Transformers involved in this? <laughs> 
Well, I, I do hope that there is somebody out there who wanted to seize the opportunity to, you know, take over the world or, you know, to seize wow. power or something. It could be that could make it a, you know, a, a deeper storyline or something. But so, so not to make light of this, but this this actually happened to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my um, gosh. And you're still standing here and you're <laughs> able to, like, joke about it. Well, yeah, and I don't I don't joke about it, but in the sense of actually what happened, but I joke about how bizarre it is. It's right. so I used to have this theory, which is totally just side note here. And one of my good friends, Diana Ott, who you know, always yes. jokes around with me about this theory. But I have this theory that if you conceive of a horrible thing, it's never gonna happen to you because the odds that that horrible thing would happen to you is pretty high, right? Sure. To begin with. And then the odds of that horrible thing happening to you and you having thought of it already is astronomically higher. Right. So therefore, anything I can think of that's horrible, if I could just have play out the whole scenario and have it in my head, that's probably a uh, inoculation against it ever happening to me. It's like getting a flu shot. Right. Yes. Wow. Now I don't I, I don't want to test that theory in, but I'm just saying I've I've thought of a lot of horrible things that could happen to me, but case in point, I didn't think about a F five tornado and then a fire. <laughs> so just goes to show, which is funny for me to say because I'm such a totally right. positive person. <laughs> right. It's, it kind of sounds like that Monty Python sketch. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Exactly. I think it probably came from uh, my statistics class in college. It got me thinking, wait a minute. And, and I'm, you know, my degree is in cultural anthropology. So right. all I'm thinking about is human systems, how we interact, how we think, what are our social contracts. And then all of a sudden statistics come in and I had to take it for a whole year and so I had to figure out, well, what does math say then about what's going to happen to me? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I had to personalize it some way. Besides, it's really good cocktail party fodder right there. Of course, absolutely. Well, you know what? It's it's kind of like the unsinkable Molly Brown in a sense. It's like, you know, nobody can stop you. Right. <laughs> Not even a tornado and a fire. I'm waiting for the rest of the uh, plagues of the Bible to come into play. Right. Oh, my goodness. Just... Well, tell me well, tell me about that then. Give me, give me sort of the tee up like the week before well, and what happened and how things shifted and changed. Okay. And I, I won't necessarily gloss over the tornado so much, but it really, we're, we're talking about what happened with my company. And that really came, really hit home three weeks later when our offices burned down. Right. But we're, our office is located in Joplin, Missouri, and about nine blocks from us is basically where just the devastation hit with the tornado. We spent three weeks really getting our clients back up and running. And, and as you know, I own multiple companies, so we run in a few different directions. And right. really just we had 42 clients that went down in one way or another and just trying to help them and, and get everything reset. And something of this magnitude there are real stretches and strains on resources around you when you have sure. that many businesses that were affected. And so you can't even go out and buy a computer that day. You can't, I mean, you can't do anything right. and have power for days. So there's a lot, a lot going on. And, you know, you're talking about a whole town. You have, sadly, you have missing people for uh, uh, quite a while. And yes. 
a lot of things that are, they're hard to talk about. And so I don't mean to take any of what happened lightly, but, you know, for the sake of what we're trying to discuss, we had just really finished just on Friday, getting the rest of those clients who need to be up and running, who were going to go forward with their companies. We got them up and running and we were just looking at each other, you know, on my team and just going, okay, well, that three weeks, I mean, it literally went by in an instant, you know, and we lived and died by the thought of, do what you can for who you can, when you can, as much as you can do it. Now. You know, just, it was just like whatever was in front of you. And, and, and right. crisis is a beautifully clarifying moment. There's no managing it. You just ride it and you do what's in front of you. Yeah. So it's actually quite easy. Oh, who is it that said, you know, anyone can handle a crisis. It's the day to day that'll wear you out. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. That is so true. So crisis, that stuff, it really is very easy because there is only one thing to do. You put a foot in front of the other foot. So well, how many how many businesses came back on board with you after the uh, tornado? Oh, out of those 42 that were lost in it, um, only eight of them decided not to open or there was some other situation where they didn't come back. So we had finished and I got a call on Monday morning. No, no, Tuesday morning. I got a call from a friend of mine who, interestingly enough, now works for me. I, it's like 6 a.m. I'm getting dressed. And she's like, you know about the fire, right? And I'm like, excuse me. Good morning. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> this is somebody who I worked with in media, had my phone number, but it's not like I talked with her all the time. It's just like such a call out of the blue, you know. And she lived down there. She and her husband were biking and they heard some explosions and saw a lot of smoke basically coming from the area where my office was. Oh, no. And called me because she just figured that there's a million people closer to me. And I must have already heard. And I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Slow down and tell me what is going on. She said, I, she's like, I'm not sure, but it looks like it's coming from your office. Wow. She called me before my alarm companies, before the police, I mean, for anybody. I ran downstairs, grabbed a pair of like old hiking boots, threw on some clothes, woke my husband up. Woke up my neighbor, had him run over, stayed with our kids. We got in the car and drove to the office. As we're driving to the office, my phone is uh, going off with alarms at our office, different door triggers and things like that. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah, isn't it crazy? So we get there, and there's like 10 businesses in the – we're like a historic – I'd call it a strip mall, but you know, it, it was like 100 years old, and it was all brick. So this kind of industrial redone type of you know urban renewal you know uh, look office, and we're the last ones in it, and we end up being the last ones to burn. So oh, by the time man. I got there, it wasn't in my office. And so I watched the whole thing go down. Oh. And the moment where it, it's so hot that they can't get to it, there are some chemicals and some things like that going on. So the firefighters are trying, but they can't get anywhere near it. And it's so much that it is like literally disintegrating the bricks. Wow. Like nothing there. And so it, the whole thing goes down. The moment where it comes to my front windows, and we had like kind of, um, what do you call those kind of windows? Like the big, like Macy's windows or... Oh, yeah, the big um, front. Yeah, storefront window windows. or something like that. Yeah, picture so, window. Yeah, picture window. So when there's a point where the flames just, just bust through the front and just just completely explode those picture windows and the flames, like, are licking out of it, and it's so surreal, and they start engulfing my signs. Oh, And no. so I have these cool, like, kind of retro neon signs for the companies, 
and I see the flames just starting to envelop them. And it is such a bizarre moment to think about this. And I just, at that point, it was just like, it's a building that's happening. I'm just like, so relieved nobody's there at six in the morning. So none of my staff is there. And I'm just, at that point, I I hadn't really thought about anything, not not anything emotional, just as very factual. Okay, get there, solve problem, solve problem, solve problem. Talk to the news, talk to the fire marshal, talk to you. They want to know what's there, you know, just doing stuff. Then when the flames engulf the names of the business, it was the first time it, it was just emotional. Sure. Just like, am I insured? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's your second thought. <laughs> right, right. But it's that emotional, like that thing rises where you realize it's happening to you. Well, I can imagine that it must have been one of the most helpless feelings standing there. Yeah. And watching, I mean, really watching your life's work. Yeah. Go up in in flames in a matter of minutes. Right, right. And what was even more heart-wrenching about it is here so many clients had just been through hell. Right. They lost their homes and or businesses. One of my clients who had lost his home and his business hears about the fire. So I, I probably had like 20, 25 clients show up when they heard it and are just standing there trying to support me. Oh. My and I'm God. like... This town is so awesome. And we've just been through hell, you know, to get right. and there people are just trying to be supportive. What can I do for you? You know, I've got a little off space. Do you need a computer? What I mean, what do you need? And you're just such in shock. But it was a cool thing to be supported and do that. But it is also sobering. I've just we've lost friends. We've we've been to a lot of funerals in the last three weeks. We've right. seen a lot of people's own lives crumble in in interesting waves, and we've seen a lot of people rally in just amazing ways and so it was such an interesting time for something like that to happen because it was there was so much perspective over it it was just my office and so it was a cool time because didn't it it, you know you just didn't step off that precipice it's only me I'm all alone in this disaster and so that was really cool and in retrospect I look back and I think wow that was a gift that was a really neat part of the experience Yeah. Well, now I can imagine, too, that going through, well, I'm just sitting here reeling, thinking about just getting over having this Category 5 tornado come through your town Mm -hmm. and tear it up and then rebuilding your business and then just get that back on its feet and then this fire happens. Mm -hmm. I. I could imagine like the myriad of things that must have been going through your head. Like, should I just close up shop? Should I, you know, go get a paper route? Maybe that might be a better option or, or something. I, I, I mean, how, well, I guess it would be just the support of the people around you. Cause I, I, I personally don't know if I would have the moxie to, to want to restart again. You know what I mean? Well, you know, we, we weren't directly affected by the tornado. We were helping people, which is oh, so interesting. Okay. And, all of a sudden, you know, I thought, hey, you know what? You just do the right thing. I didn't realize that that payback would come to me three weeks later. <laughs> you know, usually you pay it forward for something right. and it's like years later, someone's like, hey, I'll do you this favor. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I did everything I possibly could. I was sharing office space. I was letting people come in and share our office space, use our computers we weren't using. I mean, just anything that anybody needed. It was, We had a great community. We had a lot of good business owners. We stick together and... So we were just really sharing resources and I was just doing what everybody else was doing, you know? And then, I mean, literally three weeks later, I, I get all of it paid back and I got it paid back from one of the companies who I was helping. And in three weeks they had reset up and then they ended up letting us have some office space and share with them for several months. 
Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah, it was a really cool experience. But, you know, if, if we talk about like this, you know, this niche, okay, what, what can I offer to somebody? Here's like this, you know, super niche, you know, podcast. If you've been through a tornado and then your office is burned down, let me help you. <laughs> <laughs> I know what to do. Well, as with most conversations with Priscilla and I, neither of us bothered to look at the clock and we ran out of time and nobody knew it. So we're going to break this podcast up into two parts. So join us next week as we take a look at what Priscilla set up to get Little Bird Marketing protected with a disaster preparedness plan. So for the Little Bird Marketing Company, home of cage-free thinking, my name is Dan Ledbetter along with Priscilla McKinney saying have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.